Welcome to Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. Celebrate food and life by learning about the culinary scene around the world. Speaking with chefs, artists and food makers, farmers, authors and tastemakers who are passionate about everything delicious. A very good weekend to you food lovers. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio and happy Hollandaise to you. I know, cute, right? (laughs) This is your culinary-focused lifestyle show where every weekend we obsess over what to eat and drink. If you are hungry, well, then you are definitely in the right place. But I am all about living the best life. And I'm always serving up seconds at chefjamie.com. And my podcasts are posted on iTunes under Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen, in case you happen to have missed a show. And the shows are linked from my homepage. You can also find my daily dish on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please become a friend and a fan on Insta at Chef Jamie Gwen. And do stay tuned because you can feed your insatiable appetite just by tuning in. It is my goal to feed your soul. Coming up, ooh, we have a fun-filled show this weekend. The acclaimed Nikki Segnet is here. Her new cookbook release entitled Lateral Cooking. It's the groundbreaking handbook companion to its critically acclaimed predecessor, The Flavor Thesaurus. It's all about how one dish leads to another, and it is truly ingenious. Drawing widely on culinary science, Nikki is all about the fundamental recipe principles behind everything. So if you want to master the basics, this is such an extraordinary read. You should stay tuned because Nikki will dazzle you. Also... Ida Rodriguez is stopping by, corporate executive chef for Melissa's World Variety Produce and one of the best cooks I know. She is sharing some of her favorite recipes for handmade gifts, the edible kind, because who doesn't love a gift of food, right? You won't want to miss it. And before the end of the hour... Our resident fitness guru, Lisa Lin, is stopping by because the holiday season can be gluttonous, right? But don't worry, Lisa says you should eat what you love, and she's giving tips for maintenance in moderation this holiday season, so don't touch your dial. I like to kick off the show with a tutorial of sorts, and so today's primer is on prime rib. The great behemoth of beef, the rosy-hued, well-marbled hero maker that is prime rib. And tis the season for grand presentations at the table, don't you think? Hunks of meat that fill the house with wonderful smells. I love prime rib. And it's often called a standing rib roast, and it is sold by the number of bones you desire. But it is not inexpensive, and it is not a quick cook. So at least one time of year, I say it's so worth it. Prime rib is really an investment of effort and resources, and I think it pays great dividends in meaty joy. I love for special friends to pull out all the stops and serve a prime rib dinner for a a special occasion, for a big business gathering. 
I think that there is nothing better than prime rib. And it screams special occasion, but there are some golden rules. So I thought this would be the perfect time to review prime rib 101. So prime rib commands a very regal presence on your holiday table. There are do's and don'ts though, because you want to end up with a winner, right? You're investing in prime rib is the way I think about it. So here are my best chef's tips. Don't assume prime rib means prime grade. That is the first lesson. The prime in prime rib is actually butcher speak for a bone-in rib roast, also known, as I said, as a standing rib roast. And what gets confusing is that the word prime is also a USDA grade of quality. So prime grade is the highest rating. And a prime grade prime rib would be the best you can buy. But I say don't knock a USDA choice grade prime rib. It is just one step down, but it is still delicious. And then below that comes select. And chances are it won't deliver the beefy, juicy goodness that you're dreaming of. So please skip it. All right. Number two on the do's and don'ts of prime rib. Always choose the large end over the small end. If you go to an actual butcher shop or you're standing at the butcher counter or the meat counter of your gourmet supermarket, ask for the large end. Roasts from the shoulder end of the beef rib, often called the large end, are preferable to the ones from closer to the loin, which is the small end. Why, you ask? Uh, Because there's a particular muscle that is larger in rib roasts that are cut from the shoulder end. And it is the most delicious muscle in the entire cow. And so now you know, ask for the large end. All right, number three, please, I beg of you, do not fear the fat because fat equals flavor. And the end of December is not the time to diet. (laughs) Fat is what protects the meat from drying out and it cooks up tender and juicy. Not only is each muscle within a prime rib roast marbled with fat, but there's a good amount of fat between the muscles. Do not attempt to cut it out. As for the fat on the outside of the roast, I trim it to a thin layer if the butcher hasn't done it already, but I do leave it there. It has an existence. It is also called self-basting. And yes, it makes for truly fabulous flavor. And then... Please don't be shy with the seasoning. I like to pre-season a prime rib, which means I season it a day ahead and I let it sit in the refrigerator on a rack on a baking sheet without any covering, no plastic wrap. This is best done, by the way, in your garage fridge where the other flavors from the fridge in your kitchen, like the garlic and the onions and the cheese, don't permeate as much. See, my kitchen fridge is always very full. As you've heard me mention before, my friends call it the infinity fridge. You can stop by any time and there is always fabulous food. And I am very proud of that. My garage fridge is what I use when I'm planning for a TV segment. Uh, Most of the time, though, it's filled with champagne bottles and bottled water and a few extra things that don't fit in the house. It is also what I call my aging fridge. 
So when you leave the prime rib after you've seasoned it open to the elements in the refrigerator in the garage, it causes the exterior of the meat to dry out a bit. And it gives you the ultimate crust when you roast the prime rib. And it is really worth the effort. So if you season the meat ahead, the salt penetrates the interior of the meat. If you don't have time to do that, don't be stingy. The rib roast is a big piece of meat. It can handle salt. It needs it. And my first choice is kosher salt and lots of freshly ground pepper all over. Also, don't forget to let the roast come to room temperature before you put it in the oven. It will take at least an hour, maybe an hour and a half, depending upon the size. And lastly, please don't even think about roasting without an instant read thermometer. If you can afford a rib roast, you can afford an instant read thermometer because overcooking that pricey roast would be a tragic shame. Now, I do have a formula posted at chefjamie.com to turn out the perfect medium rare roast every time. And as for cooking, there are lots of methods, low and slow, high heat. Uh, I prefer a burst of heat at the start of roasting. And then I turn the oven down after 30 minutes. I drop the temperature and I roast it slowly the rest of the way. That is my method of choice. But do remember as well that the meat after roasting, it stands right when you take it out of the oven and it continues to cook. That's called carryover cooking, but you knew that. And when you take the meat out of the oven, it should be lower five to 10 degrees than your optimal temperature because it retains the heat. So sit on your hands or pace or pour another drink because the meat should rest for at least 30 minutes after roasting. The temperature will come up. The juices will recirculate. It will be truly delectable and you will be a culinary hero because nothing says holiday feasting like a prime rib. So I would love to share my signature prime rib recipe with you. And I am so thrilled that you will make a truly unbelievable prime rib roast at home with this recipe. It is my bonus recipe of the week. And all you need to do is email me, Jamie, J-A-M-I-E at chefjamie.com. Jamie at chefjamie.com. I'll send it to you. You will be a prime rib hero. Consider it a holiday gift. And please do let me know how your roast turns out. Let's dish. Send an email. Once again, jamie at chefjamie.com. Put prime rib in the subject line. I promise to email you back. Okay, don't touch your dial. Coming up, there is a lesson in your radio to make you a better cook right after this. I'm grateful you're listening. Chef Jamie Gwen, don't go away. Welcome back, Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio, Merrily. I love a handmade gift, don't you? They're the best kind, especially when they're edible. So much more personal, right? No one can resist a homemade jam or chocolate truffles, especially when your gourmet goodies are prettily packaged. And if you're looking for a little bit of inspiration, well, we're about to share recipes and ideas to make 
thoughtful, delicious gifts of food. If you think tasty, tangy, tart, sweet, and delicious, you'll think of Melissa's Produce, providing quality ingredients to chefs and restaurants and markets for 37 years now. I'm very proud and grateful to have Melissa's as a partner of this show since its inception 17 years ago, and their products just keep getting sweeter. I'm also proud to call Ida Rodriguez my friend. She is the corporate chef for Melissa's World Variety Produce and an incredible cook. She also needlepoints beautifully, can decorate like Martha Stewart, make hundreds of tamales like a champ. She's really one of the best chefs I know. And just wait until you hear about what she's gifting her friends and family this year. So her holiday gift is to dish about gifts of food with us. And I'm very glad to have you back, Ida. Hi. Hi, Jamie. Thank you for having me back. <laughs> yes, it's of a course. Pleasure. Oh, thank you. Okay. Um, I hope I'm on the recipient list. Just at, like tell Santa, please, or the Hanukkah fairy or whomever we need to call, because your gifts of food this year sound luscious. So are you building a basket? Take, give us the rundown, let's say. Well, I always wanted to do this and just make a basket of all homemade mm-hmm. goodies. There's things I make and people always want more of it. So I thought, what a nice thing to do, but there's never time. I know. Before I know it, it's Christmas. And so this year we have no excuse. (laughs) We're at home. Yes. So uh, what better way to keep myself busy and do what I've always wanted to do and make baskets with lots of goodies that um, I think everyone will love. Oh, for sure. So uh, you're always making gifts of food throughout the year. I actually consider it that just because you make big batches of goodness and then you share um but it's the jarred items like those things that we call put it up right that you can really savor that i love so what is going in a mason jar in the basket let's start there okay well i it's uh citrus season right now yes you can get lots of fun citrus produce so i've made some lemon curd Mm, and i went and made took the same recipe my favorite lemon curd recipe and turned it into orange curd nice, and some lime curd. Oh, see, I love that. I love that you can sub it out, right? So right. could Just be grapefruit, could be Meyer lemon. Yep, that's what I use, Meyer lemon. So it's a little milder. Unless you want it really tart, then you can use regular lemons. Sure. But, you know, it's your choice. Mm. And you can turn one recipe into three different flavors. Yeah, my croissant is calling. it's coming it's coming you know there's something so luscious about the mouthfeel of curd and the fact that you get that creamy deliciousness that it can be shelf stable if you jar it properly right if you can it properly um and then it has that sweet tart beauty to it are you um jamming as well of course yes and right now i'm making strawberry jam which everybody loves but what I did was in the summer, the peak of summer, when the strawberries were at their peak, I froze them. Oh, and I've smart. got my strawberries frozen in, in the right quantities that I need for a recipe. And I just uh, pull that out of the freezer and make a batch of strawberry jam. So I've got oh, the, yeah. the perfect flavor of strawberries in the winter by freezing them and saving them. I did vacuum pack them, so they've held up really well. Genius. And make just the most delicious strawberry jam you can imagine. Yeah, that tastes like summer, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now, is anything else going in? Because I have a thing for sweet, herbaceous compliments, like 
I'll do strawberry rosemary or add a, a sort of a dichotomy flavor, I call it, right? Oh, you're is, giving me ideas. Yeah. Well, <laughs> th- there's so many options there. Like you can make it even more savory or you can skew to the sweet side. You could add vanilla paste and do strawberry vanilla. Yeah, I did do that. I nice. Had the vanilla. I made my own vanilla paste. Of course, oh, of course. lots of time right now. Of course <laughs> you did, right? You scraped the beans, and what did you suspend them in? What's your neutral? I use bourbon Okay. for my for my vanilla paste. I and like then, that about um, you. And then, uh, <clears throat> so it gives it a nice, sweet, smoky flavor. Yes. Oh, lovely. I, I do like that. Okay. So that was my strawberry jam. And then it's also quince season. Yes. So I made some quince paste and made some little um, discs. So that I can give everybody one paired with some manchego cheese, but uh, quince is only available for a short time right now. So I was able to um, get some from Melissa Mm. and make some quince paste. Okay, I've never made quince paste. I assume it's gelatin based. No, 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 no. It's no. just sugar, and the, the quince has lots of pectin. Oh, so it so. cooks down to that thickness yes. on its own. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It, it takes a very long time. Of course. It cooks for about four hours. Oh, wow. But, um, and then you <clears throat> form it, you mold it, and it sets. Yes. I put it in, in the large cupcake contain, um, silicone mold. Oh, sure. So, and you let it sit for overnight in the fridge, and then you just pop them out, and it's a beautiful, it's, Way thicker than a jam, but it's still kind of spreadable. But you could cube it as well, and I like to put little cubes of the manchego cheese with mm. the quince paste. Delicious. Yes. It'll go nice. I mean, you can serve it for breakfast, or it'll go beautifully on a, a, a charcuterie plate. Oh, I love that. Fruits and, and salami. Homemade quince paste. Yes. Yeah. See, I'm thinking a whole Spanish tapas spread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Interestingly enough, though, lots of countries use the quince paste. I've given it to some friends, and I have Asian friends who know about it, who talk about they used to have that when they were younger. And, of course, in the Latin countries, it's very common. Spain is very big on this. Yes. Um, It's also known as membrillo is what it's called when it's already done up. Right, when it's complete. Yes. Yes, it's called uh, embryo. Okay, so I'm going to have to make some. You've inspired me. I love that. There you go. There you go. It's delicious. I love it. It's delicious. Okay, my boozy friend, is is there something to sip and savor and toast in this basket? Well, of course. Not, that, not that you're boozy, of course, but I know that your homemade liqueurs are uh, rather famous. So I've made a um, hazelnut toffee uh, liqueur (gasps) that is delicious, really warm when you first make it, but then it's even more delicious when it's chilled. Oh, I love that. So your choice if you want to warm it up and have a nice warm drink or Mm. um, drink it cold. That warms the cockles of your heart, my mother says, right? Finding good local produce is a snap when it comes to Melissa's. You just look for the logo where the eye is the carrot. You'll see it by name on the produce in your favorite supermarket. You can always order your produce direct to your door by going to melissas.com. They have a website full of resourceful fruit and veggie information. And lots of Ida's inspired recipes are posted there as well. Chef Ida Rodriguez, corporate chef for Melissa's World Variety Produce and Gift of Food Goddess. I've I've now renamed you, Ida. I'm loving it. (laughs) 
<laughs> You're too much, Jamie. Thank you, though. Hot chocolate bombs for all my friends. Love it. Uh, thank you. Merry Christmas, Ida, to you and the family. I'll talk to you soon. And to you and thank you. the whole family and your mom. I appreciate it. Thank you. Celebrating in true style. There's lots more fabulous food to make you want more right after this. Chef Jamie Gwen, don't go away. celebration mode celebrating the season chef jamie gwen in your radio okay there's no doubt the holidays can be gluttonous right let's face it and staying safer at home has no doubt kept us all eating for stress relief it's easy to fall off the nutrition train during the holidays sometimes just even thinking about all the holiday goodies can make you feel like you gained 10 pounds. After all, who can resist all that decadent molten chocolate cake and homemade spritz cookies and peppermint bark? Indulging throughout the holidays shouldn't put you to shame, though. With the right plan in place, holiday weight gain doesn't have to be the unwanted gift you get this season. Lisa Lynn to the rescue with tips on how to eat what you love throughout the holidays without gaining pounds. Lisa is the founder of Lynn Fit Nutrition and the author of the award-winning The Metabolism Solution. She created the Wall Street Journal bestseller, The Metabolic Boosting Weight Loss System, and she regularly appears with Dr. Oz to share her workouts and insight. And I am always thrilled when this fine friend of mine stops by to whip us back into shape. Hi, Lise. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Isn't every day a holiday lately? (laughs) Isn't every day a reason to celebrate the good stuff that we have in our lives, right? Indeed. Yes, indeed. Okay, so I know you're whirling away on your stationary bike because your brain thinks better when you're moving. Yep. And that's got to be a good holiday no weight gain tip, right? I mean, tell us, uh, are you eating what you love? Oh, of course. You know how I feel, Jamie. I'm not really proud of this, but I'm absolutely confirmed. I love it. Why else exercise? Why else live? Like, everything revolves around food, and that hasn't changed for me. But what I've learned is, one, you got to move more than you got to move more than you eat. Right. <laughs> okay. Just got to be honest with you. And, and it's not as hard as you think. You do not have to kill yourself in the gym. But if you just get up out of your seat and stand up, or I'm riding my spin bike now because I stood up too much today. Um, makes a big difference in whether we burn calories or we store them. Hmm. Okay, I'll tell you. I am very conscious of this, more so than ever. One, because I have you in my head after many years of friendship, right? Mm -hmm. And two, Mm -hmm. because my Apple Watch reminds me to stand up. Yep. If I spend too long at the computer or, yep. you know, I'm, uh, I'm on the floor with the baby, whatever it is, yep. I, I think we have more mindfulness than ever it, through technology, through our, you know, commitment to good health and all of those things. And like you said, if you're thoughtful about it, you can yep. keep moving. Well, I hope we're more mindful of it, but I'll be honest, you have two schools, especially since COVID struck. You have your workout addicts, and yeah, I'm going to use that word. I'm like, is it likely for, like, getting more burpees by the minute? And then on the other side, you have people who think, if I can't do those crazy burpee workouts, why bother? I'll start fresh in the new year. But I get the best gift ever, and this is tried, true, and proven. 
you don't have to work that hard. You just have to move. And you said something powerful when you're on the floor yes. with the baby. We, you know, as we age, people stop getting down on the floor. And just that one thing of get down on the floor when you watch TV and, and lay there. Move around. Watch your baby and move around like they do is movement, and it sure is a lot healthier for your spine than sitting in chairs, recliners, or anything else. So even if you're not going to walk or pedal the bike, there's a time and a place for rest. Hmm. Back there again, you can rest lying down on the floor on your stomach, do a plank if you felt like it in between, or a push-up. It really isn't that hard. See, very smart. I find myself, I I am definitely, uh, with my 27-pound son, um, doing more ab workout than ever. But you do fit it in in ways that you don't realize. Okay, so we know that we need to keep moving to resist the holiday weight gain. That's tip number one. What else do I need to do to eat what I love? Well, let's back up one time, though, for this. You know, like everybody else, I'm improving my cooking skills. So lots of people are emailing back pain. They're standing up, stress. Stand on one leg. Stand on the leg that isn't hurting you on the side. And while you're cooking, stand on one leg. Guess what it does? Works your stomach. So that'll flatten it. Smart. And there's something everybody can do. It doesn't require any purchase. Travel to the gym. It's called the brunch fast, where you go a little longer than 12 hours without eating. So say you have a big celebratory dinner at 8 o'clock, and it it doesn't end until 9. Your last bite of food or dessert goes in your mouth. Let's face it. That's reality. And you shouldn't miss that. It's usually the highlight of most people's season. But go 12 or even if you can, push it out to 14 hours. The benefits of doing that for your health, forget the weight loss, reduction of blood sugar levels, cholesterol, triglycerides. Most importantly, let all the food we ate clear before we start eating again. It's probably the most powerful thing if everybody chose one thing to do in the new year starting now it would be that. I have been unintentionally intermittent fasting since my son came because by the time I put him down to sleep and then if I go make or warm dinner, it was getting too late for me. And I'm not an early eater, but I have now become accustomed to eating like between five and six. Now I do have my sweet treat later. I do. I splurge a little. And then I go the 12 hours because by the time I am up and he's up and we, you know, do all the good stuff we need to get done. It is 12 hours before I eat again. And I'll tell you, it's unintentional, but it has made a difference. Whenever someone asks me, what can they do to take off 15 pounds or whatever's ailing them? That's always my answer. And some Hmm. people were very anxiety ridden in today's world. They freak out. So I love easy debit. Come in the back door, do it unintentionally. Don't make a big deal about it. Start at 12, you know, just get busy living instead of focusing on the the panic, you know, aspects. And you'd be amazed, just like giving blood, what you could do without even knowing it. But it is more powerful for your health than you ever could imagine. Yeah, I can tell you, I feel good. Um, I'm definitely at a fighting weight. Uh, I I also, you know, bench press 27 pounds throughout the day. Um, But but aside from that, it is very unintentional. I want to go back for a moment. You say stand on one leg. Not only does that work your core, but aren't we working and improving balance at the same time? We are. And that's another thing that's really missing in today's world. You have your hyper fit, but the most important aspect, no matter what age you are, is balance. And also, 
you could be a young athlete, and if you have what we call the lead-right repetition issue, where maybe your sport has you kind of constantly leaning forward, lunging on that right leg, you're going to see some injuries pop up, and almost everybody has one, gas pedal leg. By standing on the opposite leg, sends your brain to the other side, gives it a job to do, takes it off the pain, but also strengthens the side that tends to be weaker, which is what causes the pain in the first place. So, hmm. you know, a little leg lift when you're I'm going to make my grandmother's dream bars this weekend. It's just the thing I do on the holidays. And yeah, I'll be that. doing leg lifts while I do them, stretching in between, you know, pulling. I will tell you so many tips like this that you have taught us over the years here on the radio. Um, I do my, my calf lifts when I'm standing still as well. Um, so that, Mm -hmm. you know, I do the little bounce to try to, you know, maintain my calf muscles, keep myself, keep the blood flow, keep it moving, stand on one leg, work on balance, engage my core. Um, all of those things do make a difference. And I find that they're, compounding right so the more you do it it becomes almost where you don't have to be mindful of it you just automatically find yourself doing it and over the months and years I actually had someone compliment my calves and I thought to myself like interest in the bank yes the right word they do get compounded and I have to say I stand completely corrected as they used to call me the kamikaze trainer because I was the drill sergeant because I had to be with some people like Martha Stewart, but what I've actually learned, and I stand corrected, is it isn't the people who kill it in the gym, it's the people who do what you just did, because they can do it for a lifetime, Mm. so they get fit, and they stay fit, versus peaking fitness, and then the, I used to be in shape conversation. I thank you for giving us the tools, and the tips, and the tricks to keep us at our best selves, um, because... Mm. I will say there's nothing more than I could want than a dear friend who is a trainer. That's you with Tootsie Rolls in her pocket, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. My, my, my Lisa Lynn loves food and that's the way it should yeah. be. That's going to be our new year, by the way. Let's make America healthy again. Yes. And deliciously. Thank you. All right. I'm planning on that with Thanks. you. So please, the insight and the inspiration going. Thanks, John. Can't wait. Thank you. You too. Happy holidays. Hugs to the family. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you. Lisa is dedicated to helping you get in the best shape of your life, physically, mentally, spiritually. For nearly 30 years, she has devoted her career to personal training, metabolic weight loss, performance, nutrition. So get your heart pumping and read Lisa's blog, lynnfit.com, L-Y-N-F-I-T.com. Follow her on social, Lisa Lynn Fitness. Okay, more after the break. Don't go away because there's so much more to eat. Chef Jamie Gwen here. Be right back. Sharpen your cooking skills and please your palate every weekend. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. When I say we have the greatest culinary thinkers on this show, I mean it. 
There is a new cookbook on the loose, just released from the very award-winning author of The Flavor Thesaurus, and it's being touted as a staggering achievement. Nikki Segnet used to follow recipes to the letter, even when she'd made a dish a dozen times, but she tested the combinations for pairing flavor in her first groundbreaking book, and she detected the basic rubrics that underpinned most recipes. And so she wrote Lateral Cooking, offering us formulas to become more intuitive, instinctive chefs and cooks. The book is divided into chapters where each covers a basic culinary category like bread or stock. And then the recipes in each chapter are arranged on a a continuum, passing one to another with just a tweak or two to the method or ingredients. It's brilliant, right? Once you've got the hang of flatbreads, then crackers or soda bread or scones involve just an adjustment. So here to elevate our skills and share her culinary prowess is the much acclaimed Nikki Segnet, the encyclopedia, a Bible that will become your best friend, Lateral Cooking, has just released, and it is all a buzz. Nikki, I am very grateful to have you here. Congratulations. This is 609 pages of the most extraordinary wisdom. <laughs> Thank you very much, yes. <laughs> Six hundred and nine pages. It sounds uh, it sounds kind of scary, doesn't it? No, but it does. But when you open it and you start to read, like I couldn't decide whether to go to the kitchen or lay down on the couch. Uh, well, that I'm afraid is my uh, that's my trick. Yes. I think that um, <laughs> these days, when you go, if you're trying to teach somebody something when they have to read it, you have to make that reading good reading. You have to make mm-hmm. it very entertaining and. Uh, I get very into the writing side of uh, both Flavor Thesaurus and Lateral Cooking because I just think, I imagine myself sitting in the kitchen talking to one of my many friends who likes to cook and we're very honest about it and we have a good laugh about it. Um, mm. you, know, we know, you know, we know quite a lot about um, all sorts of ins and outs of, of making a meal. So I want to write it like that. I want to write instruction, but in a night couched in a kind of interesting jolly, um, yeah, conversational tone. Yes, and it comes across beautifully that way. Uh, Lateral cooking is getting so much acclaim for encouraging improvisation. So I wonder, after all these years of following a recipe, like so many of us do, do you cook by heart more so today? Absolutely. So, I mean, this writing this book completely changed my cooking. So I was a, I mean, I would say like I was a Stepford cook. I just used to completely follow the rules and follow the recipes. If it said, fill up a teaspoon of water, I would actually start again if I dripped a bit of water out. So, I mean, I was so slavish to recipes. And then when I was writing the flavor thesaurus and I had to try lots and lots of different flavor combinations together and they didn't necessarily come with recipes, then I had to start adapting. And when I started adapting... After a while, I thought, well, this would be just, my God, I, what I need is a book that just gives me like skeletons of recipes. Just mm. like, here are the basic ideas, and then I could go and apply my ingredient combinations to them. But I looked for that book, and it didn't exist. So I just started keeping lots of notes to the same end, just saying like, well, if you're making an ice cream, here's the basics, and here's the things that you can do. And if it's citrus, then watch out for this, and you know, that kind of thing. And after a while, I just found myself using those notes so much. And then in my just in my regular days, because obviously a lot of what we do cook tends to be fairly kind of classic stuff. 
or certainly does for me, you know, I might be making an ice cream or some bread or some biscuits and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And so I would probably say nine out of 10 things I cook, I now cook with that recipe. Nikki Segnit's first book, The Flavor Thesaurus, won the Andre Simon Award for Best Food Book. Uh, She has won many glorified awards, I will say, um, and deservedly so. The new release called Lateral Cooking is a practical book all about the art and science of great food, but it draws on history and ideas from professional kitchens and it will inspire you to cook. It will teach you that you can cook by heart. And the book is available on Amazon being touted as this year's greatest success and in fine bookstores around the world translated into, I think, eight plus languages, Nikki, already. Congratulations to you. Yes, well-deserved. Um, I hope to see you in London on my next trip. Come visit me. I, w- I would love it. And uh, again, find me. well, thank you. Congratulations. Thank you for having me. And so that brings us to the end of another hour of insightful, intelligent, and delicious conversation. Well, at least I hope you thought so. And as we continue to celebrate the season and ring in the new year, you need a drink. So this is my last sip for the hour in place of my usual last bite. I like to share a three, four, five ingredient at most recipe that's super simple to make, but truly delectable. And this is one you can sip and savor. I think that the best apple cider is available in the winter. And when you mix apple cider and tiny bubbles, you get the most festive seasonal sipper. I call it a cider bellini. And it's infused with a bit of herbaceousness from fresh thyme or rosemary. And so I will tell you all about it. Post it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. My cider bellinis are there for you to sip in all their glory. So please become a friend and a fan on Insta at Chef Jamie Gwen. And meet me here next weekend when I promise lots more fabulous food in your radio. I thank you for listening. Happy holidays to you. Chef Jamie Gwen signing off. I hope you continue to eat well. Well.